Suicide is a tough topic, but the Washington County Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition wants you to know that there is always hope. We are a caring community reaching out to provide compassion and hope for a community free of suicide. In the next half hour, we'll talk with community partners to identify risk factors, raise awareness, and discuss prevention strategies. Hello and welcome to our fourth show on Reach for Hope, uh, where there's always hope. I'm Melissa Anderson, and today we're going to talk about the importance of taking care of our mental health, especially during these tough times with the pandemic. With me today is my guest, Jordan Merrill, and he is the Senior Community Health Specialist at Intermountain Healthcare. Thanks for joining us, uh, Jordan, and you're on the, uh, the Suicide Prevention coalition reach for hope too thanks for joining us well thanks for having me it's always wonderful to be with you melissa and you do such a wonderful job thanks. so we're grateful for you now jordan um first of all tell me what you do at inner mountain at here at dixie regional medical center in st george um besides having the best job at inner mountain um i i get to work a lot with the community and the community really guides my work and they tell us what the biggest needs are and that's my job is to follow through with what needs they need done and mental health being one of the top priorities, the top priority um, that we have been given by our community and charged with ensuring that support's given, um, not just in small scale, but as large a scale as we can to be able to help address that. And so that's my job is to follow through and, and help community partners and coalitions to be able to connect the dots and help address a lot of these health priorities. So that's my job. Yeah. So obviously it makes sense that you're on the Reach for, for Hope Coalition. How long did you have you been on there and why did you decide to join with that? Um, I have been on, oh, as long as I've been with Intermountain. I've been on for about two and a half, almost three years now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was presented with the opportunity and jumped at it because it's such a wonderful coalition, but it's such a wonderful opportunity to be able to address these out in the community and, and be able to have a broader reach. They do such a good job. Yeah. Now, obviously, we do have a high, fairly high suicide uh, rate here in uh, Utah and even down here in South and St. George. However, those numbers have kind of been dipping down a little yeah. bit, which is great. Um, we're here to talk about suicide prevention and, and hopefully some of the work that the coalition is doing is helping as well as what work you do for people to reach out to. What role does mental health play in suicide and suicide prevention? Mental health is a critical piece of suicide prevention in, in ensuring that we all take care of our mental health, uh, just as, as we would take care of any, any other health condition. Um, if we have uncontrolled diabetes, we're going to be in the hospital and we're going to have issues there. Mental health is the same way. Um, some might have higher needs than others, the same way with physical health. And so it's important to recognize that if there is a health problem there with mental health, that they are being addressed. And there's lots of ways to do that. But mental health and, and the awareness and the discussions that we can have around it are just as important as your high blood pressure or diabetes discussions that you might have with your regular physician. It's all about self-care and taking care of yourself. And, and that's that's up here, too. I mean, we need to realize if we have a broken leg we have to go into the doctor it's the same thing so we shouldn't have these stigmas that so often follow our mental health tell us about mental health resources then at intermountain here at dixie regional medical center something called the access center which recently opened up tell us that what that is and what services does it provide who for 
The Access Center is a wonderful facility. Uh, St. George was the first to get it for Intermountain. We were the lead out on getting the first Access Center within the system. And it is a, it's a crisis unit. You can go in there um, rather than even, even the ED, and you can go into the Access Center re- to receive help 24-7. And it's for adults only, um, 18 and up. So that's an important thing to note that it is for adults only. But you can go in there, and, and if the problem's small or large, um, maybe you're having some suicidal thoughts, but you can get in there and be seen right away. And they have professionals, they have um, psychologists, they have licensed clinical social workers all there to be able to help address whatever issue or crisis you're going through, whether small or large. It might be a medicine issue. It might be something else. Um, but it, it is a wonderful opportunity to get quick access and to be able to get the, all the help you need. It's a wraparound system. And, and then if you need further help from there, then they can address that right then and there. Rather than being passed through multiple departments, it, it can you can get help right then and there. Now you said it was open twenty four hours. So does that mean people can spend the night there, or what? How does this work? Um, not anymore. It, it it they will if there's a need to to spend the night or a couple of nights, they'll be able to to get you to the unit right there that that is adjacent to our access center. But the the purpose of the access center is to be able to receive crisis care in the moment. So if if you're going in there with thoughts and and be able to speak with somebody, speak through it. If it's medication related, if it's you just need somebody to help guide you with and give you some tools, they'll be able to do that. Um, so if it's an overnight situation, obviously the hospital will be able to to take you and to be able to help with that. You'll just be referred to our behavioral health floor, and it's right there adjacent to it. Right. Do you have to have insurance then to go to this or with luckily with Intermountain, we are a nonprofit hospital. And so we take everybody that that needs help. There's no one's denied access. So don't be afraid to go in and walk in if you're having a PTSD moment or a crisis in your life, because you never know how that's going to turn out if if you don't. (laughs) That's what we're here to do is prevent suicide. Uh, What other resources are out there then that provide mental health support? There's lots of resources out there and one of the positives of covid um that that has come about within our communities uh, statewide and nationwide and a big proponent as to why we feel like some of the the suicide numbers have decreased is because there's been a lot of money there has been a lot of time and energy focused around mental health some of the resources that are growing and have expanded that we have we have the emotional relief helpline Intermountain. The reason that they came up with that is because we knew that we were going to be isolated. People were going to be a lot more isolated. So this is just a hotline that you can call. It's open from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day, seven days a week. And and there are crisis workers there to be able to help you to listen. Um, if, if you ever get to a point where you don't feel like anybody's listening, the emotional relief hotline can help you with that. And it started out just for caregivers because there was such a strain being put on them. And then quickly within a short period of time, it rolled out to the community. And the number for that, it is 1-833-442-221. And you can call that seven days a week. Okay. Say that one more time. One eight eight. That's 1-833-442-2211. Okay, great. So if night or day call, get this help. 
And, uh, and, you know, we really do need this help because I know everybody's struggling with this pandemic. I mean, it's hit so hard. Um, it's hard to be isolated and alone and sitting in your living room. Now, what am I going to do? Watch some more Netflix. I mean, it's crazy. Um, we don't feel like we have control over our our own lives. And then we have to run around wearing masks and it's, it's getting frustrating not to be able to live what we used to think was a normal life. Now we're in this new normal and it, and it is, it can hit it can hit us hard. Um, so tell us about that control and how hard that is and the fear that might be out there because of this COVID-19 virus that's hit the hospital so hard. Yeah. It, we are, we're in a world where quick change is needed. I mean, every day our lives can be uprooted and change very quickly. And, and so it's important to be able to take account of what we can change, what we can control in our lives and the things that we can't, we need to lean on others and, and reach out. And that comes back to what you had mentioned earlier with self-care, self-realization and actualization that we need to, if we need help, we need some tools to be able to help us to quickly adapt because almost weekly we get the carpet pulled out from under us, whether we're a family or we're a single unit. It, it hits us hard. And, and for some of those that might have a single person in the household, it hits them even harder because there's not there's not the ability to bounce ideas and thoughts off of others. And so it's important to recognize those quickly and, and understand tools that are out there that can help. And and between the state and local agencies, there's been a lot of dumped a lot of money and resources dumped into giving you support. There's lots of online things that you can go to. Uh, such as liveon.org. Intermountain has contributed over a million dollars to that just this year and, and in years past. And there's great information on there. And Reach for Hope, if you check out their website, reachforhopeutah.org, right. lots and lots of resources, talking points and pointers on how to even have discussions around mental health, how to have actualization with how you're feeling and what to do with those, because we have to quickly adapt like never before. And being able to do that on the fly is sometimes really challenging. It is. And we also need to uh, come up with ways to switch our mind and and go from the negative to the positive within a matter of moments. What kind of tools can we do to do that? How do you switch that when you're feeling so down and depressed because nothing's going right and you're in this doldrum what are some tools or do you have any ideas of how we can switch that i mean i've heard the word gratitude coming out a lot lately but the thing of it is is that to switch that just a little bit you know taking lemons and making lemonade out of that can really make a big difference on adding a little bit of sugar might make it taste a little better and that's the truth of it is there's been numerous studies done one recent one out of stanford i believe it was that that found gratitude for anything that you have and all things that you have can can help address a lot of that. I just had a discussion with my son last night, late late at night. He came up sharing some concerns with me. And we talked about, you know, the 300 things that are going right and wonderful and couldn't be better in his life. And then there are a couple of things that are challenging for him. But to be able to look at all the good things and be able to focus on those it can help us bounce through and and be able to quickly adjust for those negative things that might come our way or things that we don't know how to control because lots of things will come our way that we can't control. Yeah. And now I want to switch a little bit and talk about those that are at most risk for suicide attempts. We may think that that's teenagers like your son, but studies show otherwise. 
um, studies show that it's actually men. Yeah. Let's take a look at this video. Middle-aged men are the most at-risk demographic for suicide. We are just as likely as anyone else to experience major suicide risk factors, including depression, drug and alcohol abuse, and access to lethal means. However, we are less likely to access mental health services. Seeking help is a sign of strength, not weakness. If you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out. Stay healthy for those who love you and depend on you. We need you to take care of yourself so that you'll be able to take care of us. We love you. We want you to be here for us. If you are in crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Now, it's hard to think about a father figure being one who might be the one losing it, but that, that is the case here. Tell us a little bit why. Please explain that to me. Um, you know, I, I think as a father figure, we feel... Because this is this is my age demographic. It's 35 to 55 that are at greatest risk for that. And thinking about my own family and my own situation, my son, one of my sons has made the comment to me continually like, Dad, I've never seen you cry. I've never seen you cry. And the other day he saw me cry. And um, so I think part of me wants to think that, you know, I want I need to be that support system, that tough guy. But like that video shared, we... In order to do that and do that long term, we have to be able to reach out for help. We have to be able to express emotion. We have to be able to express that we're going through a difficult time and realize that there's lots and lots of people here, not only that depend on us and and go to us for a source of strength, but but lean on us to be an example. And to right. be an example, we want I want my kids to be mentally mentally strong and healthy and if I'm not expressing my emotions to them, it's not going to demonstrate that to them. Um, so I, I think it's important to be able to lean on others as middle-aged men and, and get through some of the stigmas that we might feel, that we need to be tough, that we need to not show emotion or not reach out. I'm one of the most stubborn people you'll ever meet. And my, just ask my wife. But she has helped me to be able to communicate how I feel a lot better. And yeah. I think the more we do that, the more help and, and mental strength we can have. It's just like those check-ins, you know, those yeah. checkups. And we all get weak at a point, but we are vulnerable, but we can bounce back. Like you said, here's a, here's a, here's a, a, a radio ad that you made. Let's listen <laughs> to that. Hi, I'm Jordan Merrill, a member of the Reach for Hope Suicide Prevention Coalition. I'm a husband, father, and professional. I also belong to the demographic most at risk for suicide. And you know what? I get it. Middle-aged men sometimes find it difficult to talk about mental health. But talking about it lowers anxiety, opens communication, and decreases risk for suicide. If you are in crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. Click now for more information. Great job on that ad, and I understand Thank that you. that played on Spotify and a few other radio stations here in town. So um, the number one means for men to take their own lives, I understand that's lethal, lethal is, is guns. And we really need to understand that it's important to keep those guns locked up, especially when you are vulnerable. Let's take a look at this video and find out why. Last year I was at my lowest going through some pretty serious depression. 
couple of friends of mine stopped by the house and said they were worried about me. Said they'd feel a lot better if they could hold on to my firearms until things turned around. I think they saved my life. If your loved ones are struggling, talk to them about temporarily storing their guns away from their home, because things do get better. So how effective do you think these ads are? I think they're very effective. Uh, I've had multiple people uh, ask me about them after they've seen them or heard them on the radio, and, and they've never thought about it before. They've never considered it. And the important thing that this messaging does is it helps us to think about it before we're in a crisis so that we're locking up our guns before we're in that 10 second to 10 minute window of crisis. And that's why it's so crucial for us to be able to lock up our firearms all the time, not just when we're in crisis, but as he had mentioned that somebody reached out to him and helped him. And I've had family do that for other family members and it may have saved their life as well because there's nothing more devastating than not preventing something that is completely preventable. Right. And firearm safety means keeping the guns away from family members as well as knowing how to handle a gun, how to store the the um, the, the ammo. bullets, the yep. ammo, separate from the guns. And so it's really important that, that we understand that, even if we're out hunting, you know. Absolutely. Uh, we, we need to know and know how to carry a weapon, uh, what to do in case something happens. Um we need to know how to respond to that. Reach for Hope has been giving away gun locks, I understand, for, in the past, and now has a new giveaway for um, those gun locks and and, and uh, for qualified gun owners, even uh, um, some safe, but that goes into a little bit more detail. Tell us about the uh, gun locks and why these are so important to have on there, and basically even for children. Lots of reasons. We treat every gun as if it's loaded all the time. And, and when we're in a crisis situation, the thought, it, studies show that it's usually with a matter of seconds to just a few minutes that that crisis can come and it can go. But having a gun locked up in order to find the key and get to that gun will give us the amount of time to think through. And I've had people share their testimonials to me that it did save their life just having it locked up. And, and that's not just for suicide. That is for safety for your children. I've got four children at home. Last thing that I would want is an accidental death on my hands for somebody that I love more than anything. And to keep my guns locked up all the time, it's an easy thing, but it's something that we have to actively think about and actively do for lots of reasons. So even if we feel like we're mentally strong all the time, there might be that moment where we're, we're not. And that's why middle-aged men are, are high at risk for that because it's those moments or those seconds that we just needed a, a little bit more time. And so having them locked up all the time is, is such a, a benefit. Where would one get one of these gun locks? So you can contact, contact Reach for Hope. You can go to our website, uh, reachforhopeutah.org. You can go into any Intermountain Pharmacy, uh, and they have them at every Intermountain Pharmacy just right there on the counter. Some good information as well as a gun lock. You can go in and get those 24-7. And that they're open. I shouldn't say 24 seven because it's anytime they're open. <laughs> right. Pharmacies wouldn't love that, <laughs> but you can, there's lots of access to these and they're free and right. what a great thing to be able to get a free gun lock yeah. and keep your family and yourself safe. All right. I want to switch a little bit, um, talk a little bit about some reach for hope comfort bags that are out there in the hospital as well. And those for people who have, uh, attempted, um, suicide, 
or even for for people who might need a little bit of comfort tell us about those bags that we can see and that how 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 do those help what a great resource this is both caregivers and our reach for hope coalition recognize that sometimes people come to the hospital and they leave with the minimum they leave without a lot of care or leave without a lot of resources and these bags provide some of those resources and let people know that they are cared for there's wonderful notes in there blankets uh, some tools to to do to keep their mind going and keep it busy just some some wonderful resources that that reach for hope has put in there that can bring comfort and and then a whole list pages and pages of resources where people can receive professional help as well once they leave the hospital or once they get out and and feel like there's no hope they can turn to that comfort bag and, and have additional comfort. And I was talking earlier um, to the school district, to Tammy Curtis, and she talked about some things that they use in the school district that I know you use too, weighted blankets, blankets that are heavy um, that people can put on their laps. And I don't know what's in them, but they're probably hard to wash. But yeah. what, what are these blankets and why are they so comforting? And it's like having some a dog laying on your lap or what? A lot of times when, when we speak of mental health, we're thinking of just depression, but there's so much else that goes into that. And, and anxiety is one of those. And, and these weighted blankets can help ease that. They can help ease your mind because just like being held by a person, we need that physical contact. And these weighted blankets can provide that safely, especially right now during COVID, right? Mm -hmm. and, and they're wonderful resources for the schools and for others that it can bring them that comfort that they need whether it be in a moment of crisis or just a moment of need of support. And so it can help us to overcome some of the anxiety or even some of the depression that we might feel that there's nothing out there that can bring me comfort. Weighted blankets are simple, but they do bring comfort for, for both of those things. Yeah. Just like when you're in the hospital and they bring you a warm blanket, yep. it just, it just feels good. Yep. It feels yep. really good. Like someone giving you a glass of water when you're thirsty. Yep. Yeah. Um, so are, are these going to be available to people in the hospital and how, 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 how are they available? They will be available to people in the hospital. They will be available to people in the community that, that need them. And um, we're still working out all the details of how to get them out, but they will be a, a resource that we can have that people once our, our social workers or they can reach out to reach for, reach for Hope or Southwest Behavioral Health and, and be able to get fill out a simple paper and, and get one of these weighted blankets. They were provided generously to our coalition for the benefit. Uh, and again, this has all come in since COVID and, and what a wonderful resource it, it can be for our community to use at no cost. Right. And I think the city of G St. George put some money into that too. They did. What are some more resources that are available for people if they're struggling? There's, there's the Safe Utah app. That's mm -hmm. an important one mm -hmm. for teenagers and even parents to be able to use and lean on in a, in a time of crisis or just a time of need. It's a confidential resource for kids and, and parents. Uh, there's the crisis hotline through Southwest Behavioral and the U of U. Uh, there's, there's lots of resources that you can call in a time of crisis and there are professionals on the other line that can help you with that. Again, there's the emotional relief hotline and these are all free resources. These are not resources that cost any money. And so when we think of mental health, we always think, well, I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. But so many of these resources are available that, that can help us. There's websites such as seizetheawkward.org. It helps us to have conversations between right. you and I on how to address mental health. And then there's liveonutah.org, 
what a great resource that is. Tools, videos, easy to see data and graphs, and it's very helpful. Right. And the public can help by doing what? Public can help by by recognizing these and spreading the word, having open conversations. The gentleman in, in the gun video mentioned that somebody came to him and said, we're concerned about you. That's important to do. That's important to do now more than ever, but always with our family, with our friends, with our neighbors, ask them how they're doing and how they're feeling and listen. That's the other key. That's the other thing that we can do as a community is just listen. And know that there's always hope and you're not alone. Always. Right. Uh, really quickly, I just want to say thank you so much for sharing your time, your thoughts, your energy, your volunteerism for Reach for Hope. You've been a great resource, and we, we hope to continue to have you back on the show and talk a little bit more as we progress through this. Thanks so much. Thanks and, for having me. Yeah, thanks. And remember, if you or someone you know may be thinking about suicide or ending their life, just need to reach out. Thanks, because there's always hope. Thanks for joining us. The Reach for Hope Coalition wants you to know that we care about you and we are here to help. If you or someone you know is thinking about suicide, reach out. You're not alone. To access resources for yourself or others, visit our webpage at reachforhopeutah.org. That's reach, the number four, hopeutah.org. If you are experiencing a crisis, please call the Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK because you matter and there is always hope. This has been a production from A Podcast Studio.